in a world where Mad Lab Theater. What are you doing? Making the Mad Lab ad for Cinema Wheeler Tay. Oh, here's my other one. Susan thought it was just another day, and then she met Mad Lab. Why don't you just say that Mad Lab is the new works theater in downtown Columbus, featuring hilarious comedies, powerful dramas, improv with FFN, the annual Young Writers Festival, and the longest running shorts festival in central Ohio, Theater Roulette. That sounds pretty awesome, especially when I do it over the Star Wars theme. Star Wars is always a good choice. Mad Lab, the original. For more information, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit us at madlab.net. to another episode of Cinema Wheeler Tay. It's Sean, Tony, and Scott yet again. Hi. And we're joined, what a shock, by another special guest. Uh, this is our first time on the podcast and we're really excited to have her on. Uh, she's a legend here in Columbus, a modern, modern le- legend. She, she looms large, you know. Uh, but uh, she's definitely uh, one of the best improvisers in Columbus from Hashtag Comedy and TBD the Musical. Uh, Sarah Storer. Hi! That was quite a send-up, and I hope I don't fuck up your podcast. No, no, no. Now you have to live up to those. Paul, you did, right? so... Yeah. No, that's yeah. not surprising. I called Paul God, and I think he was a little intimidated after that. Yeah. So, yeah. Paul, wait a minute. Paul Stelzer is a god. <laughs> that's true. He is. Does it surprise you that he has the record of the longest podcast on <laughs> No, it does not at all. But he... Yeah. Nope. Does not. Yes, Paul and Sarah are both in hashtag comedy, True. so they've yeah. been longtime uh, improv uh, mates. I yes, guess. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is yes. Thanks for coming. Of course. of course. And today uh, we brought her on to discuss uh, a movie that I have never seen before, actually, until this podcast. Uh, but it was one of t- Tony's favorites. It's uh, from 1994. It's Serial Mom. And the great John Waters. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't have much of a history with this myself. Like I said, I, I just saw it recently. But I know, Tony, you have a, a pretty rich history Yeah, I mean, you know, I first saw the movie probably in 1994. Um, my big sister, Cindy, was always a John Waters fan, and, and so was I. I mean, we used to grow up watching Hairspray, and I loved Crybaby. Um, so when this movie came out, which was, at the time, one of his biggest budget movies, it was probably the most mainstream movie he had done at the time, um, and it had, you know, major stars in it. We were just really excited about it. And, um, I remember going to the old Blockbuster video and renting, <laughs> renting the old VHS. And rewind! Rewind! <laughs> and popping it in. And I just fell in love with it. I just enjoyed the storyline. I loved, I, I understood the satire even though I was about nine years old at the time. And, I mean, the character of Beverly Sutphin is like, 
I would love to play her. I think it needs to be. Mm. It needs to be a musical. Oh my god! Wouldn't it make the most hysterical yes. and amazing yeah. musical? They could write a yeah. whole song about rewinding yes. videos. Yes, and there would have to be like a whole dirty song that's like cocksucker. Yes, motherfucker, <laughs> motherfucker, and, and pussy willows. <laughs> and pussy willows. Yes. And it's not like John Waters has a, a movie by John Waters has not been turned into a musical before. I think yeah. there's well, a hairspray. Yeah, hairspray. Yeah, right. that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, which it was not a musical originally. It was just a movie, and then they made it into right. A Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so anyway, I just grew up loving the movie. I'm I'm a pretty big John Waters fan. I really like him. And, uh, yeah, so I thought with Mother's Day upon us, <laughs> yeah. this, yes. this would be a great film to do to honor all the wonderful moms out there. That's right. <laughs> the ones who are just crazy. Yes. <laughs> Maybe a little mental or going through menopause. Yes. Just a little odd. Both, yeah. both words I'd like to add start with men. Yes. <laughs> Mom. So does, so does menstruation. Yeah, yeah. So does menses. Yes. And yep. Depending on how you say it, the word maniac could be. You know, you could say or, maniac. Yeah, that, and the, yeah. Spell it the way you want. This is yeah. Trump's America. Maniac, maniac. To Damn maniac. straight. Damn straight. <laughs> a shout out to our president. <laughs> um, well, now God, you have a history, I guess, with this too, right? Like, so, this is, sort of. Like, I remember yeah. seeing like bits and pieces of it over the years. I grew up very conservative. My dad is still a Baptist minister to this day, so I don't have like a lot of history with like movies, mainstream movies or music, kind of at all. So I just rewatched it recently, and it, it it's a delight. Like there were several times, like you watch it, and I was literally like, bah! like gross, like guffaw laughing. Like the rewind thing is hysterical. Like it's just, and it reminds me like nostalgically, like they did such a good job with her character and her mm-hmm. costuming. Like it reminds me, you might get this of like the old. Um, pattern making envelopes like the dress pattern the simplicity making. yes because yes. they'd always be standing like that in like the t-length like perfect little a-line yes. like mother skirts with the same little hairdo and i'm sure that was completely intentional but to like watch her running down the street in that silhouette with the knife <laughs> in the polka dot dress yes yeah no yeah. i think it's fantastic well, John Waters kind of loves that like '50s pastiche anyway, yes. like the early '60s, yeah. like before, like everything looks clean and pleasant mm-hmm. on the surface, but there's oh, all this right. darkness, darkness underneath. underneath. Very similar yeah. to David Lynch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Except even more comedic, you know, like Absolutely. it definitely goes for a yeah. more satirical bent. With David that. Lynch isn't a comedian. No, <laughs> he is. He's hilarious. Actually. I love him. <laughs> yeah, Any, no. Anybody who eats at Big Boys constantly for lunch yeah. and has meetings at Big Boys is a comedian. That's true. Yeah. Yes. But John Waters is. I mean, he has a fantastic sense of humor. He's really down to earth. And, you know, he's from Baltimore, which is why all of his movies take place in Baltimore. And he actually still lives there. Um, He's just a really fun, eccentric, quirky guy. And and I really enjoy how real he is and how honest he is and how he's so... He embraces his, what he always says, bad taste. Yeah. Um, And I think this movie is a great reflection of that and... I just love the juxtaposition of, you know, a character like Beverly, who is this June Cleaver on the outside, yeah. and actually does have a pretty functional family. Yeah, they all seem all pretty considered. normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but then she just 
like us all, has neuroses and can't handle the small things in life. And also doesn't know how, to, like, everything is literal. So you're talking oh, yeah. to the, the recycling men, they're like, someone should kill her. Like, yeah. ha, 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 joking. She's like, no, I'll do it. Yeah, she's yeah. like, for real. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the funny thing, too. Yeah. She only really kills people who are mean to her family or her kids yeah. or do things that are just absolutely sinful and Right, like, and, like not, not rewinding yeah. and not recycling. Yes. Or, yeah. But remember, that lady was mean to her son. Oh, in the video true. store, and that's true. she was like, yeah. I don't want to rewind. And he's like, But those are the rules. <laughs> <laughs> she's watching from the back room, and she's like, The look on her face is just priceless. Yeah. I can relate to those stories because I actually did work at a video store at one point, and th- yeah. watching this movie, that's exactly what the experience is like. You know, <laughs> you get the strangest, I mean, <laughs> strangest requests and everything. Matthew Lillard, I, I kind of remember it is a grip is really good in this yeah. too. It's yeah, just kind of really blue. good. And like, I loved him in the '90s because he's kind, he has yeah. that '90s like yes. grunge look mm-hmm. where he was like the hot dude and everything but still sort of weird mm-hmm. and i again re-watching it i didn't realize he was in it and i'm like oh my god it's that guy and i had to look it up because i couldn't yeah. remember his name there's a lot of people in the movie like that like ricky lake yes. i haven't heard, looking, thought of in years until best. i saw this yeah. great she's yeah. amazing tracy yeah. lords is in it yeah <laughs> this is very 90s it's like yes. okay yeah these there people did and, exist at one point well yeah. that's funny that you said that because i wanted to talk about that too this film um reunites a lot of the cast members from crybaby Ricky Lake was mm-hmm. in Crybaby, Tracy Lords, oh, yeah. Mink Stoll, who played, um, what's her name? The Pussy Willow Lady. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Patricia Hurst, who was juror number eight, yes. wearing white shoes after what? Labor Day. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, John Calvin Doyle and Susan Lowe. I think both of them had small roles. I think they were just like court people. Um, but anyway, all of those guys were in Crybaby. Wasn't Ricky Lake also the main character in Hairspray? She too? was. That's yes, what in I the thought. Movie, yeah. The original Hairspray. Tracy yeah. turned. So she was like, right. they had a Scorsese De Niro relationship yeah. for a yes. while where she was in all of his uh-huh. movies. So. She was John Waters' De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, a good, yeah, good at comparison. Least for three. I think this might have been the end of it, but yeah. yeah. I actually remember this. This was on in rotation. I think we had HBO at the time, and this is on. This was on rotation in the ninety, the year because eight. A movie would come on almost exactly the year it was released in theaters on HBO. Mm-hmm. They would run, and they still do it to this day. They run, they would premiere it on a Saturday night, then they just play the crap out of it, you know. And then it was so if you just come in after school, you turn on the TV, and there would be Serial Mom on. I used to be, I wasn't big in the gore, so <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of scenes in here. Oh yeah, just playing like a sliver or whatever. Yeah. But like, how did that come out of that hole that size? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and how yeah. is there not more blood? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was shocking. Literally, yeah. you have doo doo on your shoe. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, but now you watch it; it's not that gory, actually, considering at all. It, yeah, at no. all. No. But uh, um, but now I appreciate. At the time, I thought it was funny because it was a mom mm-hmm. killing people. That was the humor that I thought was being displayed. Right. It's just like, oh, isn't it ironic that the mom is this? Right. Mom? Now I, you know, you watch it now. It's like, oh, it's, it's the humor is just a commentary on all these. You know, right? You know, at the time there was all these hoopla over every serial killer and these big yeah. trials, yeah, and, and this, the OJ yeah, trial, the glorification and of it, yes. yeah, and then they become, you know, these these killers. This become... actually came out before the OJ Simpson trial. Yeah, yeah I think it, that was like ninety five or ninety six, right? Yeah, and I think this came out in April of ninety four. Mm-hmm. Well, OJ, I think, got caught in wasn't it June 
or July is when he killed. He got Nicole. caught in June. Yeah. And it was June, so this yeah. was just slightly before that. But but the thing I love too is that it, it's like a parody of all those made-for-TV court movies. Yes. Like it starts off in the beginning, like we changed the characters' names. And right. It's like yeah. a Lifetime movie. And then kinda. you get like all the scripting at the bottom. It was like ten thirty-seven a.m. Yes. Like okay. Yeah. And then at the end, it's like Beverly Suffin did not cooperate with the no. making. <laughs> this was also like a time like it came out in '94, and I thought that was really interesting because. We kind of remember back then. That's like when Nancy Kerrigan and Tony yeah. Harding, all those scandals. Yes. Like the was it the who was the one guy? It was uh, was the Menendez brothers ninety four. Menendez was right. Yeah, that I think time. It was a little bit yeah. before, wasn't it? Hmm. Uh, was it John well, Wayne yeah. Bobbitt? Was was, that? Oh, yeah. Cable yeah. Guy, right? Cable mm-hmm. Guy parodied the Menendez brothers because they had yeah, ben they did because Ben Stiller played both both of both. So that was characters. later. So I don't yeah. know if that was. It was around the same time though. Yeah, but that was around the time when it was really becoming, like, sensationalized. Yeah. The, the media was sensationalizing all these weird, like, side stories that used to probably be in the backside of the Inquirer yeah. or the paper, and now they were becoming headlines everywhere. And I think John yeah. Waters is making a comment about about that stuff, because that's basically, at the end, is, is, yeah. is a parody. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I also love, too, kind of going back to what, what all of us were saying about how this is really a comedy, which I think it really is, but... Even though some of the ki- there are obviously murders in this movie, yeah. it's always quickly followed with a laugh. So oh, yeah, you really yeah. can't, I mean... So she beats someone with yeah. a, a, pot, a pot roast or whatever she it is, and then it's yeah. the rewind line. When yeah. She- yeah. And then, like, when she kills Carl in the bathroom, and she's, like, trying to get the liver off her... Yeah. Food. It's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, she's so, just, like, grotesque yeah. <laughs> yeah. out. You know, she's almost grossing herself out. It's out. like, what other horror movie, well, you know, murder movie, whatever... That like this movie makes you love the killer. You know, you fall in love with this character. You don't want her to go to jail in the end. You right. you want her to kill more. I want to see her yeah, sing Daybreak. Yeah. Hysterical. She's gonna get mad at somebody right. for yeah. wearing white after Labor Day. Like yes. that's some funny shit. It is. Oh my god, I love that. Fashion. She's like, the lady's like, fashion has changed. She's like, no, it hasn't. <laughs> 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 oh, that is a great scene. <laughs> Kathleen Turner's performance in this is great oh, too. I, I mean, so it's good. it's there was a criticism I read it like Roger Ebert's review of this where he said that he thought that she should have been campier because it's it, it sucks out the laugh from his perspective in the review. It sucked out the laugh when I was watching it because this is the first time I'd seen it. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. I, I don't see any flaws in the performance. No, at I all. actually think like she played it really smart because she played yeah. it like the real actress that she is, yes. but also made it sort of campy. It was like the perfect middle yes. line where yeah. you could respect her as an actress, but you're still like, oh, she's doing some funny shit right yeah, now. Yeah, like, she is. creepily coming up out of the window. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and it's and subtle. It's not over the top where you're, you're trying to camp it. the legs under the table. Yeah. Oh my God. That's yeah. great. And then she's like, officer... Don't, you can't judge a person by what they read. We found dicks, with, chicks with dicks in your trash or whatever. It's just so funny. Like, oh, and she's still like uh, the moments I love are the ones where she, where she's about to kill people. She's still saying, "Put your seatbelt on." When she's about to kill right. that one guy she's in the still car. Still so proper. Yeah. 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 Well, that, she's still momming. She hates that yeah. kid for not putting the seatbelt on. And, yeah. And what's great though is that everybody. It almost says that everybody in the town is pretty much psychotic and would kill because she kills people right in front of people, especially that one kid and, and on the stage of that. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's dying and no one gives a shit. And that one guy even hits him with a guitar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he the does. Yeah. Spits liquor on him right. and then <laughs> 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 And then everybody's yelling, Serial Mom! 
problem too. <laughs> because that I was going to bring that up. Scotty's death is really sort of the turning point of the film because then her family realizes she is the kill, killer. Right. And yeah. pretty much everybody else in town is very much aware of it. And I love the part when she's chasing Scotty when they're doing the car chase. And he goes through the stoplight and the family is in their car. And then she goes through afterwards in that van and she stops and she's like, and smiles and like waves at her family as she continues to chase down Scotty for not wearing his yeah. seatbelt. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I think she might kill him because he saw her kill the lady with the leg of lamb. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really, I think, more so probably why she kills him at that point. Mm-hmm. She probably would have got him anyway, though. Yeah. If, if not for that, seatbelt. at least for the very rough jerking off. Yes. <laughs> to, like, probably exactly. the worst porno ever. <laughs> also, like, that scene is like... Okay, first of all, I love, like, the blanket as, like, the modesty cover. But then, like, <laughs> I'm like, first of all, the thing has to be ginormous. Yeah. And then, like, he's so violent. Like, oh, my God. That was fantastic. I oh, mean. Man. And they busted on him. And yeah. Somebody, I think Matthew Wheeler said something really funny. I don't remember what he says, but I, I, I don't remember. Can but I tell funny. you? Yeah. Um, my favorite part, and I gotta look up the quote, is the mm. part the pastor in the church condoning capital punishment. Because I'm like, <laughs> I, I get like I, I've been to church for many years, and the fact that he would just like make it super literal about like <laughs> this is what's being preached in the pulpit, but now we're just gonna have him say it. Let me see if I find the. Uh, yeah, that was a great scene, actually. Just. Mm-hmm. Let it go. Yeah, when oh, they go to church. Let me find a quote. This is me singing on the podcast. <laughs> well, well the, the whole movie, it just is subversive in a great way. Like, the, the pastiche of the whole town is yeah. very bright, and it looks like Kennedy-esque America. Mm-hmm. Everything's bright and, and happy. And uh, and then, of course, there's always that subversive element. Like, she's killing people. Mm-hmm. There's all this decadent behavior going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And he does a great job of just kind of pointing that out. But you like the characters, though. That's oh, the weird yeah. thing. Like, his characters are... There's an endearing quality to how he portrays this whole town, you know. And actually, the people she kills, they're irritating. They would irritate anybody. Right. Like if you Except for Scotty. Them. I did feel bad about Scotty. Oh, Scotty was bad. Because at that yeah. point, we were kind of invested in him. Yeah. I felt a little bad for him. He was a kid. And you thought he might be the one to, like, blow the whistle and kind of fix everything. Yeah. Well, I, I don't even know about that much, but I remember even when I was a kid, and even when I rewatched it last weekend... My heart was like racing because I mean I knew she was gonna kill Scotty because I'd seen it, but I'm like, no, she can't kill him, not Scotty. He's not a kid. Scotty. But like the other old ladies and all that, I didn't care about. But Scotty, I was like, no, I don't know why. And maybe it's the way that she did it because it was so public. Sure. And it really was yeah. like a, he had a violent death. I mean, yeah. burning like that. And um, so here's the the father voice. He says, Jesus said nothing to condemn capital punishment as he hung on the cross, did he? The whole congregation says no. He goes. If there ever was a time to go on record against the death penalty, wasn't it that night? <laughs> Capital punishment is already the law in the state of Maryland. So what are we waiting for, fellow Christians? Let's just do it. And then everyone <laughs> says amen. <laughs> oh that's God. fantastic. That is fantastic. Like, to me, that's, that is just brilliant script writing. Like that, that is. Yeah. Makes me laugh a lot. Those great observations, like all those hypocrisies and double yeah. standards. Well, John Waters, as a person, is really against capital punishment, mm-hmm. which I think is probably why he... Um, 
highlighted that to right. some degree in this yeah, movie. Yeah, because yeah, he wanted to kind of bring... Because he's pretty liberal, and he wanted to bring that to light. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that, either read or watched it in an interview once, but he was saying it was important for him to kind of put that out there because not only did he want to make it humorous, but he's really... I guess kind of like like um, Bill does. He's done. Right. He's taught classes in prison, and he's worked a lot with inmates. Mm-hmm. And he really believes in rehabilitation, and um, you know that that kind of like that second chance type thing. So anyway. Um, so you're basically telling us John Waters is not a Republican. <laughs> no, and he would tell you that too. <laughs> what a shock! I, I'm, I'm my, fa- <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> my favorite line in the whole thing is when uh, that lady goes to the video store, and it, it's funny even more now is when he says, "Did you bring back Ghost Dad?" There you go. Oh, yes. she said, I just saw Bill Cosby movies. Oh, yes. That is amazing. Yes. That is amazingly yeah. Yeah. Ghost Dad. Yeah. I think she does. She's like, I just love Bill Cosby. I love specifics in comedy like that. It's not just yes. bringing on a bad movie. Ghost Dad, there's something funny, yes. uniquely funny about that. <laughs> Even you know. funnier now. It is. Yeah. I like the fact that he just went from church where he didn't. He wasn't mm-hmm. intending to leave church then, but he just went right to work and he just started yeah. working. And then he's going to a concert that's still happening at apparently 11 a.m. So Sunday. what is happening? Like a Sunday this? in Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. And there's actually a lady that comes in in that time. That's just, it's just so funny to me. Oh, it's just I know it's a small video store and you know that video store actually is a real video store Mm -hmm. and that was shot in a real video store it looks like a real video store that looks like every video store when I was a kid (laughs) that you would ever go to like especially the family owned Mm -hmm. ones they're independently owned because everything everything would stock weirdly you know it's never like in specific order it's kind of like an old bookstore the way it's yeah. Really yeah. You know, he's, Matthew Lillard is is really good in this. Yeah. But it's funny. Doesn't he play a similar character in Scream? Like kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Four movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like but the, I think he sort of got typecast, as like Sarah was saying, <laughs> yeah. that very nineties, mm-hmm. like kind of yeah. cute and quirky, but also a little weird type yeah. guy. Yep. He was sort of like the good sidekick. He uh, well, obviously he played Shaggy. I think in the Scooby Doo yep. movies yeah. too, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And then he was in uh, an Alexander Payne movie called The Descendants with George Clooney, and he kind of played more of a yuppie kind of. Mm-hmm. I remember that was kind of a change yeah. of pace for him. I like didn't he, see that one. Like he's, he's in his forties uh, now or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I've seen him do some like little cameos on some shows, but he was also in She's All That. Yes, he yes. was. And he it was so nineties, like silk shirt. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he was the crazy boyfriend. That yeah, she, that like the popular, popular guy. Yeah, yeah, left uh-huh. him for. He'd always dance that. Give it to me now. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is not cool. Yeah. Don't. He was so like, like Freddie Prince Jr. is better than that. Oh, Freddie Prince Jr. Mm. He was in. She's all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. I love Sam Watterson in this movie. Oh, oh, so he might be my favorite character <laughs> so in this movie. The unassuming husband. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Like, in the courthouse, there when she gets free, she's like, "I'm coming home," and he they, he they all kind of look at each other. He's like, "Well, what do we do?" And then the husband's like, "I guess we take her home." <laughs> That's all we can do. Well, and he's so he's so he really does have like an amazing career, and he's so mm. good. And yeah. Then, it's like that the other side of Kathleen Turner. She's so good, and she's in this weird, yes. campy movie. And then here he is, too. And I'm like, oh, my God, district attorney. Like, People, yes. she was, uh, Kathleen Turner was huge in the 80s, too. Like yeah. She had, yeah. like, the string of, like, Body Heat, I think, was her breakout. And mm-hmm. then she did, like, was it the Romancing the Stone movies yes. with Michael Douglas. Yeah. And she was the voice of Jessica Rabbit mm-hmm. in yes. Roger Rabbit. That's uh, her best role. Amy Irving <laughs> was the singing voice. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Steven Spielberg's ex-wife. That's right. 
with that's a complicated like, relationship yeah, like right at then. the time probably probably yeah, yeah. I, I always got cat and i didn't get them confused when i saw them but name wise i get katherine o'hara and kathleen turner confused. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know they're both i think they both can't kind of came rose to fame around the same time and they're both but only incredibly one's canadian only one's canadian but they're both i think as talented you know across the board as anybody well kathleen turner was kind of like the femme fatale at the be- in the beginning yeah. of her career like she was because of the, the, the smoky voice and everything yeah. uh body heat was like kind of like her breakout yeah. that kind of defined yeah. her but she did a lot of like the war of the roses was a black comedy too so yeah. most of her films are kind of comedic when you yeah. think about it i like, need to go back and watch some of those she's really great yeah time I loved her, uh, just the, in it, like, the very subtle things that she did in this movie. I guess apparently a lot of her, some of her mannerisms and stuff were improvised, which doesn't really surprise me. Yeah. But, um, like I was saying, the part when she's chasing Scotty and then stops and looks and smiles and waves at the family, like, all yeah. excited, like, that is very Beverly Suffin thing to do. Yeah. But, and then I, I love when she's uh, recycling in her house and she's listening to Daybreak. Yeah. And she, like, yeah. she does something with her foot and I think she, like, kicks the... The one can in the bucket with their you yeah. know, foot or whatever, like yeah. that was improvised. <laughs> and just different little things that make her seem like she's this happy, cheery person. And then, you know, um, she kills the principal of the school or whatever he was. Yeah. Runs him over with her car. But I feel like that's... I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of how I can say this correctly. This is why she's so brilliant. She's playing a character that is not the real character. Because yeah. the real Beverly Subfin wouldn't cooperate for the film. So she's really doing like three layers of acting... So for somebody to say like she wasn't campy enough, I'm like, yeah. no, she's really playing like three times removed somehow, but still making it real. Like she's and not even playing the real person; no. she's playing like the caricature. Oh, yeah, like her version. No. Like, yes, yeah, this no. movie isn't that camp, though. I no. watching it. I think it for a John Waters movie, it's very. And it's I think kind that's of mainstream, what, honestly. Yeah. Well, I think it's very reserved. Like he says, like yeah. there's a certain level where if it went too campy, it would. The humor would leave because it wasn't as realistic. Right. You needed that kind of. It, it's totally. It's almost in sync with those early Tim Burton movies like Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands, yeah. where it's like there's that quirkiness. Like, because I, I think John Waters and, and Tim Burton, there's like a crop of filmmakers that came out in the '70s and '80s that were kind of looking at suburbia. Mm-hmm. But they were looking at it as outsiders, people who didn't quite fit into that yeah. whole scene, and they're kind of looking at it like this is what's considered normal and well-adjusted in America, and it's not. You know, mm-hmm. it just yeah. it appears that way. There's all these weird layers, and I think like he approaches it satirically the same way like Tim Burton did in those early scenes in Edward Scissorhands. Except we like those people. This these people, I think, Waters just saying <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of dirt here. Yeah. These aren't admirable people. You know. Yeah, I told, I wasn't even telling Tony, like, this reminds me of the beginning of Edward Scissorhands yeah. with the whole suburban. Yes. And uh, when she takes in Edward, and obviously, yeah, you, like you said, everybody's nice in the beginning, and they all think, you know, they're accepting of this new, different person. Right. And then as soon as he doesn't adhere to what they want him to do, they turn on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think another thing is, like, you know, American Beauty was kind of saying the same thing, but I think this movie holds up better than American Beauty does now. Well, For does, me, personally. It doesn't have the melodrama of American yeah, Beauty. Yeah, it I doesn't have that, like, uh, American Beauty, I found kind of melodramatic after a while. Like, it was it was one of those movies that blows your mind the first time you see it, mm-hmm. and then afterwards you're like, okay, it doesn't hold up as well. The soundtrack's great. Yeah, it does have a good soundtrack. But uh, this one is, is uh, 
you know, it's a John Waters movie, like, yeah. you know, and a lot of his obsessions. Like, this is probably his most mainstream movie, it oddly is. enough, up yeah. to that point. And I don't even consider it a mainstream film, no. but it's Mm-mm. probably his most it's still polished. Cold, yeah. Cold. yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. He had the highest, I think the movie was made, they had, it was like 13 or 14 million or something, which was an incredibly large budget for someone like John Waters, which is why he was able to get, yeah. these, you know, these high dollar stars at the time. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with, with what you guys are saying. And, um, all in all, this movie really is a feel good movie. You know, like Sarah said, it really is a delight. Like at the end, you're still laughing, even though she just killed Jordan. Yes. And and she's probably, she she may kill Suzanne Summers after the movie's ended, (laughs) but you still love her and you love it. You know, you just walk out like feeling that was fun. Like that was made me laugh mm-hmm. you know and I think that that's really one of John Waters goals with the movie was just for people to have fun and, and laugh and joke about some of the serious things that were happening at the time you know in the media I kind of consider John Waters I've always I kind of felt I felt this is like he's kind of a kindred spirit with like the B-52s in a way what they were doing with music I think yeah. he was doing with films which mm-hmm. is this kitschy kind of camp not campy but there's kind of a kitschy kind of throwback but they're bent like there's something yes. subversive about how they do yeah. things and I think it's a good term for it. yeah yes. I, I think they they kind of share that same DNA mm-hmm. I've actually I, I've actually seen uh, Mr. John Walters in the flesh really Ooh. so I was flying to Chicago I think I was going to meet I think I was on Chicago and moved to Madison Wisconsin so I was flying from Columbus to Chicago so I get on the plane and I I walk by business class because I'm not sitting in there. And I see a guy and I say, well, that guy looks really familiar. Like I've seen, like I knew he was someone famous. But I was trying to like, who is that? I said, that's the guy, that's that director. that that." (laughs) And I've never seen, I've seen Serial Mom, but I never knew that he directed Serial Mom. I I could never make that correlation. Right. Um, But I said, that's John Waters. And sure enough, there he was sitting in, you know. On the aisle seat and visit, you know, just like any other, you know, traveler. Yeah. He, he was speaking in Columbus somewhere. I think he was speaking at Wexner or was speaking in somewhere. Um, and he was leaving to go back to Chicago. I think he lives there or something like that. So. He lives in Maryland. He lives yeah, in Maryland. Baltimore, I think, is his, yeah. like... Well, that information yeah. is wrong, so don't... <laughs> <laughs> God All your speculations. Edit. Where is this guy <laughs> going? Yeah. I wish he know that I write John Waters fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> so I write, oh I write fictional stories about what he's doing, <laughs> and uh, you guys can watch. John Waters and I are good friends, and we kind of meet are, at the yeah. poor Columbus. I'm like, married to him. The Adventures of John Waters. Yeah. Uh, That's why Scott's starting to wear that pencil thin mustache. Yes. Pencil thin mustache. He's asked me yeah. to draw it on him several times now in the last wow. week. Amazing. I haven't quite found the right consistency of the pen. Yeah, but he's like a celebrity. Filmmaker, I mean, he's, yeah, oh, for he, sure. he's, oh, yeah. he's like uh, Tarantino. Like, yeah. they, 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 they put are, themselves out there yeah. as celebrities. You know, like mm-hmm. a lot of directors are very introverted and kind of move away from the spotlight. Yeah. But he's a guy that's front and center out there promoting well, his movies. Well, he's been in other movies, too. So yeah. 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 He's almost more famous in his movies in a lot. I think he people is. would sure. know him Definitely. Over yeah. when he did. Because his movie, which is it was just very interesting that he's... he's kind of, which means he's stuck to what he does, so they yeah. they haven't really become these huge. Well, there are reasons for that. Like in the seventies, when he started out, like he was a very controversial mm-hmm. filmmaker. Like yeah. movies like Pink Flamingo, mm-hmm. like he had a 
He made divine. Eat yeah, bread. divine was a transvestite that he had mm-hmm. as the star. Of, and this is 1971. We're not right. really that wasn't happening in mainstream yeah. culture. And very divine often. was a very big person and big personality, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like mm-hmm. it was clearly a man. You know, women's clothes which shocked people back then. And movie, his movies were considered tasteless, yeah. and they were shocking. And even though they were all comedies like this one, it was like really pushing the boundaries of what you could get away with in a film. You know, yeah. in, in a mainstream ish film. Because yeah, I, I yeah. definitely heard like you know listening to Dan Savage for years and years, like mm. or even watching like RuPaul's Drag Race, like he gave kind of a voice. Mm-hmm. Two people who felt so different back then. Yeah. And not that it was completely representative, but at least they were seeing people mm-hmm. who identified the same way they did on a screen somehow. Yes. That's exactly yeah. what, what he did. Yeah. You know, like, and Bowie was doing that too simultaneously yeah. Yeah. with like Ziggy Stardust and stuff. It was like the beginning of that. Mm-hmm. I think Rocky Horror kind of mm-hmm. f- right flows into that a little yeah. bit, like glam rock and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. He was one of the few people. That must have been how daring that was at that time to yeah. come out and oh, start yeah. doing stuff like that when he knew it was going to have like a huge well, resistance. Well, was his best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they were very, very close, and he supported, you know, Divine's lifestyle and what Divine wanted to be and who she was, and so he was all about kind of putting that out there. And that's one of the things I really love about him too. When I say he's very real, mm-hmm. you know, that's what that's kind of what I mean. I mean, he just. Puts it all out there. He's not embarrassed. He's not ashamed. You can ask him probably anything in an interview. He'll tell you. Mm -hmm. And I really respect that because so many people in Hollywood, directors and otherwise, everybody's kind of upholding this image or they're very PC Mm -hmm. or they're just disingenuous. But with John Waters, it's kind of like you feel like he's a guy that you'd sit next to on a plane and share an an airplane beverage with, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, like as a performer, like... What a testament to, like, if you really, like, find your authentic self and mm-hmm. your voice and what you need to say and you're just kind of unashamed about that mm-hmm. and you do that for years, like, you really can leave a legacy. Um, and I'm sure there are some people out there that's like, well, a legacy, whatever. But, like, I just appreciate creative people who are willing to, like, this is what I have to say. This yeah. is how yeah. I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, here it is. And here's my pencil mustache. Uh, yeah, I exactly. Love pencil mustache. Yeah. I, I, that's a huge quality. I, I'm with you on that. Where mm-hmm. I, I really admire people that kind of who they are. They're not trying to put up a pretense right. of anything else. I think most of the things I like in like either music or films are kind of like that. And, and he's that. He's that. He's he's authentic. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to cater to anybody other right. than these are the like nobody thinks no studio is going to come out and say. We should do a '60s musical, you know, like a, mu- a musical based in the '60s, like. Uh, you talking about hairspray? A hairspray, yeah, you know, and, and the mom's gonna be played by a man, and yeah, you know, like yeah. th- that's not stuff that a studio is gonna think of as, you know, like at the time, you know, overweight, right, woman who didn't fit the beauty standards of what was going on in Hollywood at that time, which I love Ricky Lake. Yeah, I do too. I think she's fantastic. One of my one of my favorite Lifetime movies ever is Baby Cakes. She Have had, you ever seen it? No, so good. <laughs> But it stars Ricky Lake. Anyway, I think Ricky Lake no, is I think great. great. I think yeah. she's great. I, it's funny because when I was the first I ever heard of her, she was a talk show host. That's all I. That's yeah. how I knew her. Yeah. And when yeah. I heard that she was an actress, and my mom said she's an actress, and she's actually a good actress. Yeah. No, she is. And good. I was like, I was like, are you serious? Because to me, as a fourteen-year-old kid, yeah. When you saw, you, you didn't have the idea that people could be multifaceted. Right. Or they did one thing. Yeah. They had if they one did job. one thing, it, but. It's like uh, when I, my favorite one is when I saw Independence Day. Yeah. And uh, um, who's the guy that's with? Uh, who's the 
the the pianist that's in. You think Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick oh, Jr. Yeah. is in that, and someone said like, "Oh, he's a famous jazz musician," and that's what he's really known for. He's like, "No, I saw him in Independence Day. He was Smith's <laughs> best friend." Yeah. In that. Right, you guys are wrong. He's a, he's a, he's a kick-ass <laughs> film actor. In like, why would he be in this movie? There's yeah. no reason for him to be in. This like, movie. he's like a like a gifted theoretical musician like yes. he can talk about like oh i heard like the minor ninth there and it was a little pitchy like yeah yeah i thought like, like uh, when they say that initially i'm yeah. thinking oh he just dabbles and no, like he's, he's one of those actors like he's like jeff bridges playing the guitar yeah. you know no, like bruce willis recording bruce it willis, yeah, yeah. Doing that he was stuff. a legit no. prodigy i think he's, yeah. yeah and then you find out all this stuff like oh acting's like his he just his he's acting game. because he got Famous doing someone's like, hey, I'm just gonna throw you in this movie. What's that even like? Well, there are guys like Tom Waits who 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 acts consistently in character roles, even though yeah. it's Tom Waits, and which makes sense because Tom Waits sings like a character actor anyway. So, <laughs> you know, it, it only only makes sense. I always love finding out those tidbits of certain people. Yeah, right it, 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 that. But that's what Ricky Lake was when I heard that. I was just couldn't compute it. Ricky yeah. Lake was so firmly entrenched as a talk show host that she makes an appearance in that uh, Offspring song. Yeah. You know, you can go on Ricky yeah. Lake, uh, white, <laughs> fly what, for a white guy. What happened to her show? Because it was it on. Got canceled. It, yeah, how long? I, I remember getting a lot of attention, like a lot of media attention when it I was don't on. I remember if it was like one of those trashy ones or not. I can't I remember. Think I just, she was trying to be like yeah. legit with it, right? And yes. she, she talked through like a lot of issues with mm-hmm. people. I thought. Yeah. From what I remember, it, it gained a lot of media attention. I remember because it was constantly referenced in the media about right. her show. Well, but, a lot of it I think was around her weight too. Yeah, exactly. it was. Just were like she's getting bigger and bigger, and then she lost all the weight, and of course, like. Everybody thinks they have a right to talk about somebody's body. She may have my favorite line in this movie, Or they movie, make though. such a big deal about, right. you know... She may have my favorite line in this movie, though, and after they hear that she <laughs> killed another person, she goes, Now I will never get a boyfriend. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> the first thing she's thinking of. Which is so great. That's what teenagers yeah, really exactly. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The show apparently ran from 1993 to 2004. I didn't realize it what? ran that yeah. long. Yeah, it says it she ended. Had an 11 year run. She really? had an 11 year run, and she was the youngest person ever host a syndicated talk show at wow. 24. Like yeah, she was she hosting at 24 years oh, old. That seems so young. She I know. Now it's like an old. I know. Has I know. she gone back to acting? I mean, has she been in anything yeah, recently? She's some stuff. You see her occasionally. I, um, this is like the first time I even thought of Ricky Lake in years revisiting this film because mm-hmm. she's not a prominent fixture anywhere. Mm-hmm. I guess the show came back in 2013, but only lasted one year oh, until wow. 2014. No, I sort of remember that, but it was a revival. I did not know it was an 11 year run. I didn't, I didn't either. I, I I thought it was only on for like maybe three or four so years. Then and if this best. came out in 94, she probably started production already when she was doing the talk show. Yeah, like this was, uh, so she was right in the middle. This was made right during the middle of her run, like the beginning of her That's run. Amazing. That was mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Well, it's probably filmed. If it came out in 94, I'm, I'm guessing it probably filmed. 93. She probably got both. She probably got cast before. Mm-hmm. 92, 91, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I guess the show was primarily geared at, at Gen X type topics and stuff so she was going for a younger audience like teenagers and stuff yeah well she also kind of had sort of like a mild role in this movie so Mm -hmm. i couldn't see it conflicting too much with a weekly show no yeah i think she could schedule it around (laughs) (laughs) one thing i do want to say that i thought was really interesting when i was reading up about fun facts on serial mom which i just want to say i love the title and i know that it's a reference to serial killing yeah but I just think that it's sort of ironic because the the whole movie, 
the ambiance and the aesthetics kind of looks like a cereal commercial. Yeah. So it's like cereal mom. Right. Anyway. Well, and it starts with breakfast. Exactly. Yeah. And she's she always in her kitchen. Joke. And yeah, yeah, she, she makes, makes a, a cereal joke, which uh-huh. is, which is right. a lame joke yeah. on its head. Because he said, Mom, are you the serial killer? And she says, the only cereal I know about is Rice Krispies. <laughs> and it's just a perfect... Yeah. It's so... so any other movie, that joke would just be a flat. But but she's... You know, obviously, yeah. she's deflating the, the comment. But it's just so good. Um, so here's the interesting fact. Julie Andrews was considered for the role <gasps> of Beverly Sutphin. Can you imagine... It'd be wow. a different movie. It would be a different movie. Wow, that would be amazing, actually. I would love to see her subvert that Mary Poppins yeah. image and something like that. That would be very interesting. Been, yeah. I don't know if she would have been able to like play it with the right sense of humor. Yeah. She's got she's got a really good sense of humor she though. Does. She does. No, she I, understands. Yeah. It would be more sincere than Kathleen Turner's in a way. And I don't know if that would be good or bad. Like I think she would be more sympathetic. Yeah, because Kathleen Turner gives yeah. has that edge to her right. persona. You know. Yeah, you can tell Kathleen Turner feels like zero empathy mm-hmm. or like anything at all for people that are serial killers, right? But like, yeah. I feel like Julie Andrews would have like tunneled down into it to be like, yeah. why might <laughs> somebody be like this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't believe this person would actually do this. <laughs> and I think there's a... She'd say, oh heavens, do rewind. <laughs> 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 Rightfully or wrongfully, I think you take all your past role baggage with you. So, like, Kathleen Turner's got this history. I think it adds to the character, but she was in Body Heat, and she plays a femme fatale, mm-hmm. so there's, like, this sexual energy yeah. that kind of under the current in this movie. Well, Julie Andrews is kind of, she's played a nun and a, a nanny, yeah, you know? She's it's like squeaky, she's, squeaky, she's squeaky, like, squeaky. you know, so there's... That would be hard for, I think, the audience who's, mm-hmm. when knows Julie Andrews from all these rules yeah. to kind of, she'd really have to... She did that one movie, though, Victor Victoria, where yeah. she played, like, uh, was it, like, cross-gender yeah. type yeah. thing? Yeah, I mean, she, she can obviously play it. It's right. just like, I think for Kathleen Turner, it's a so, you know, she just, I think because of her raspy voice, there's just, yeah. like, certain parts that kind of, she can make that undercurrent. I think... With both cast, whoever you cast, I think you have to tool the movie's tone around yeah. that mm-hmm. performance. Oh, for like, sure. Like, I if you have Julie, like you're... Quieter, like, yeah. A yeah. Bit. yeah. You'd have to kind of work around Julie Andrews or to, uh, play up to her strengths yes. in that role versus... Yeah, Kathleen, she's, Kathleen Turner is, like, a force. Like, she just... Yeah. Boom, when she's on yeah. the screen. Mm-hmm. And Julie Andrews is one of the... Like, you enjoy watching her, but she's a slow burn. Yeah. And, like, yeah. you love her by the end, but, like, she's very, like, moderately paced, and there's nothing moderately played paced about Kathleen Turner. No, not, not at all. Even Kathleen Turner's stature. Oh, I know. You know she's she like, just, yes, she's just there. Yeah. Where I feel like Julie Andrews is a little bit more yeah. you know, well, I, delicate. And I think Kathleen Turner's more of a persona actor. Yes. Well, Julie Andrews is like, she's, you, you know, I'm not a big baseball fan, but she has every tool in the toolbox. She's got the acting, the Broadway, the yes. singing. She, there's mm-hmm. not, she can probably do every accent. She can nail anything that you want her to do. She's just, she's like, a savant, technically, yes. on anything that oh, you want sure. in an yeah. entertainment yeah. way. Uh, while Kathleen Turner is like, she just brings herself. So there's a, a, a yeah, that goes in what you're saying. Yeah. Like, it's just a, Julie Andrews were like, oh, I'll just play a character. <laughs> Kathleen Turner is kind of playing an extension yeah. of herself, you know. Yeah, so, I that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think both would be, they would be, I think they would be different movies, for sure. Totally yeah. different yeah. movies, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think they cast well with Kathleen Turner. I think yeah. she, I think oh, she yeah. just yeah. has that subversive oh, element. Yeah. She's there's there's a darkness there yeah. that's yeah. always there. Yeah, I wonder if people would have gotten it if Julie Andrews had done it. Yeah, I don't know that yeah. they would have been in on the joke. I think they would yeah. have wondered the whole time, like, is this real or not? It would have to be, like, she would have to just play it as Mary Poppins and still kill yes. like Mary yes. Poppins yes. and keep that consistent. Yes. That would be fine. Yeah. That would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, I must kill you. Mm-hmm. And smile as she's doing it like a mom, you know, or something. Ham. Oh, ham. You should have went with lamb. That's right. <laughs> <Ham>. <laughs> it is Sunday. <laughs> exactly. That's one of the things, too, I just, I, I love so much is the juxtaposition of the character of Beverly. You know, in the exterior, she's this June Cleaver, and on the interior, like all of us, she has this dark side, and mm-hmm. she has her secrets, and she does things and thinks things that, you know, maybe she feels she shouldn't be doing or thinking, but doesn't think it anyway, and I love that. Uh, you know, just the whole phone conversation scene, that says yeah. so much about how sick Do she is. Do you want to? Fuck you! Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love it. Oh, That's my zip code. But I think the glee that she has in doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's contagious. Yeah. You're kind of like, yeah, do it again. She's having the best time. She's like, hello, miss. This is so-and-so at the telephone company. She's like, well, I need to know what she said in order for me to help you or whatever. And then she says it. And she's like, ha-ha, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And she's like, are those pussy willows? She's like, <gasps> How about the Suzanne Summers cameo as herself oh, at the so end? Yes. That, that was a good kitschy uh yeah. i love that uh there's a conversation when the the, the son of the guy that dies or comes over to matthew oh yeah Lillard. carl's brother yeah he comes yeah. over and he said he she killed my mom and she's like i'm sorry about that and he's like he's like hey man did you, did you get did you sign over your rights he's like he's like yeah he's like tv or print <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of like asking them what rights he did and he kind of gets into it yeah. like everybody's selling their soul to get the payoff even if your brother was killed t-shirts at the trial the yeah. Yeah. well that's the other thing too i wanted to talk about is it's interesting that in the heat of all these really bad things and, and beverly being you know on trial for killing it seems like the the rest of the family's lives have significantly improved like the daughter Ricky Lake is dating the, yeah, the, the new guy, guy now. Yeah. Chip is like a Hollywood agent. Yes, I love his yeah. beret and yeah. glasses. Yes. Yeah. And and the dad just seems a little bit um I don't know, open in general. He just yeah. seems a little more open minded yeah. and accepting. And uh I just thought that was kind of an interesting spin. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but mm-hmm. um when a family would really you would think would be falling apart at mm-hmm. something as crazy as her mom being on trial for murder but they're kind of like oh like mom yeah <laughs> she was a di- diagnosed with adult adhd like what life will change a little bit but whatever exactly yeah. buy a shirt yeah. yeah yeah i just thought that was kind of fun and i think that added to the humor as well of just the fact that her family seemed to be thriving from this shift in their lives yeah yeah mm-hmm. and even beverly herself when she became her own lawyer yeah <laughs> i mean it just what a turn yeah. that was. <laughs> <laughs> and she's great at it. I mean, she, yeah. she had all this, she was able to manipulate all the witnesses. You know? Oh, totally. Yeah. I love when Ming stole's on the, uh... Yes. And she's like whispering stuff to her. Yeah. She's like, did you see? She just said that to me. And so she ends good. up getting like taken out. Yeah. And she's like, let the jury see. I am not moving my It's not me. Oh, <laughs> guys. Not me. That was great. I don't... <laughs> Pastiche. I mean, it's just taking. Uh, it's just a great commentary on what was happening at that time with all these salacious scandals, you know, in the media. 
and just really, really hitting hard on how everybody got fame crazy. It's like I could do something outlandish and, you know, I'm instantaneously a celebrity. Yeah. But that never happens anymore, does it? <laughs> no. I'm glad it never. ended at 94. <laughs> yeah. It really, everybody saw this movie and just said, you know what, I have to change my ways, you know. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, John Waters. Yes, thank yeah, you. Thanks. But, you know, I think we all have a little bit of serial mom in us. I mean, oh. Totally. <laughs> Grammar police, I think that's a, you know, you could take that concept, you know, people that's... That's true. You know, because that's all she's doing. She's seeing these little things that mm-hmm. these little pet peeves everybody has. Yeah. That we all like, you know, that get on our nerves. Littering, she, you know, she, yeah. She's taking it to the next. Right. You know. And level. how about in the courtroom when she's like, talks about how that lady doesn't recycle and how appalled <laughs> the jury is, but yeah. she doesn't recycle. <laughs> Which was pretty progressive for 94. Not everybody was recycling back then. No, no, not at all. So, I mean, especially in a place like Baltimore, Maryland. Right. It's not that not. great. Yeah. Yeah. I know, it's just like, I love that, like, it's all these remedial stuff where somebody just pissed her off with a side comment, it's like the lady in the video store, yeah. you know. Or even when the kid's on fire, she says, wear your seatbelt, he's like, I yeah. promise I'll wear my seatbelt, he's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just... Oh, she, no, she goes, buckle up, Scotty, that's what she says, and then, like, puts that torch or whatever on him. Oh, man. And I just love how when her family finally gets into the venue, yeah. she's, like, in the front, and she's, like, covering her ears, and she's, like, making faces, like... It's too loud. I'm yeah, such a mom. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so great. So what are your overall thoughts having revisited the movie? This, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's stuff. I imagine it still holds up. But how does this rank for you? Like, is this one of your favorites? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really just enjoy the movie. Every time I watch it, I find something new about it that I didn't see before that maybe I missed. And it's just fun. I think it's a great movie. It's funny. I love the satire. Um, the acting's great. I think in many ways it really is timeless because of the idea of mm-hmm. this obsessive personality killing over trivial things. Um, but no, I just I think it's probably one of John Waters' best films. Mm-hmm. It's a fun watch. You know, I also have sentimental value too, just from watching it as a kid and it sort of being like one of the first grown up type movies I really mm-hmm. liked. This and Rocky Horror, which are kind of in the same vein, but mm-hmm, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I used to call Rocky Horror the big, the red lip movie. Oh, Because yeah. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I just saw the video cover with the red lips. But no, I think this is a great movie and I really love it. It brings me back to a fun place when I watch it. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm actually, after watching it, I've seen it a couple times with uh, Tony and uh, I, I've seen it in the past, but I really like it. I, re- I really like the satire. I think a good comedy kind of ages well in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Because maybe sometimes it doesn't, but I think this movie has definitely aged very, very well. Like, I think it's actually... I mean, the Bill Cosby joke, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, this is a lot of specific specificity in this movie. You know, we're all improvisers, and that's like a huge thing to improvise, mm-hmm. be specific. You know, because people latch on to that and instead of just saying it, you say Bill Cosby movie. Instead of just a movie, she's rewind. rewind Ghost, Ghost Dad, Dad is which the is first just funny. Yeah. You know, it does. But I, uh, I think it's a great like vehicle for Kathleen Turner too. It shows you know she can just kind of go mm-hmm. all out. I think that's great, and uh, um, I love the runtime of an hour and a half. I think that's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, easy. you don't see a lot of that. Everything has to be two hour. I mean, Judd Apatow movies are two and a half hours for comedies, which I right. think is just it's ridiculous. Yeah, but uh, 
I think this is just, I think it's a, it's my favorite John Waters mm-hmm. movie because I love satire and parody and I think this is really well done on those fronts. I like it because um, I don't I don't know if it's my favorite or not. I mm. don't have like many like favorites of anything. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. as someone who does comedy, I often don't get to enjoy comedy uh, from other people as much because I'm being a student. Like yeah. I'm just watching and like, okay, they did that. That's really interesting and, and kind of. This is one of those movies. Like it doesn't matter who you are. You can just let go and just enjoy mm-hmm. it for what it is. You know, we could try all day to like dig deeper into it, but you don't have to. Like yeah. it's just ridiculous it's just pure like sweet candy ridiculousness yes. on all levels and it's just one of those things where it's like all right i'll turn this on and just totally relax and unwind and it gives me belly laughs which not a lot of stuff does mm-hmm. all the yeah. time i think that's a great point i think mm-hmm. there is this comedy that doesn't really get made as much today yeah. yeah where it's just like it can it's just it's so silly and fun that you can lose yourself into it and you're not sitting there analyzing if it's funny or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like Airplane in this movie. Yeah. Where it's just like, it just, because there is a level, like, that line, like, it's, oh, the serial joke. Yeah. It's so dumb, but it's so just dumb. like, it's just done with such, you but know. But in the context, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. And context, it's also, they, they commit yeah. to it as if they were saying it normally. In a real, yeah. In yeah, a real, real situation. It, they're always yeah. like, yeah, dissect this. It's, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. <laughs> we're just doing this and we're going full foot. Yeah, they're not Adam Sandlering it up. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Everything would be over the top and right. like every line. Um, <laughs> I like this movie for the same reasons you guys listed, which I, I love satire and I like really pinpointed edgy satire. Like where it's really like kind of subversive like this where, mm-hmm. you know, the character's are kind of unassuming, and I, I I don't like it when characters are aware of the fact that they're funny in movies. I like it yeah. when characters have yeah. no awareness whatsoever that what they're doing is yeah. funny mm-hmm. or amusing. Which is another improv rule. That is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I I, I kind of like that, and um, you know, this movie kind of plays that in spades. It's really really well written satire. Um, I mean, it makes a great point. It's satirizing something that was happening in the moment. I think it's just as relevant now. Oh, yeah, as, yeah. Even the Bill so. Yeah, I know. It's more relevant now than it even yeah. was then. And that's saying something, you know. Like, we've really gotten even farther down that path <laughs> in and 20 years. Saying, I love Bill Cosby would just be a hammer. I know, yeah. Just make you want to get die more, you know. That's the timelessness to it, I think. Yeah. It's good yeah. writing. It is. Yeah. Writing is, is, is key. And I hope you believe people check out Ghost Dad after one of the three. If there's a goal I had with starting this podcast is so we could promote Ghost Dad, you know, get that out there. There are a few uh, movie references. Uh, they call one gore movie, the Citizen Kane, a gore movie. Yeah. And, then, what it was. and then one guy says John, Sam, uh, Sam Watterson is, as a dentist, he's worse than a dentist from Marathon yeah. Man. That is a great. That's a great scene. Well, and the girls also the um, older woman's also watching Annie. Yes, yes. when she dies yes. and kills her to the and pace. Oh, that that was a great scene with the Annie. Yeah, of all things. Yeah. I like how how Kathleen Turner gives the puppy a little bit of the ham and then yeah. she pets him a little. And she's like, "I'm gonna go kill your mom now." <laughs> you have no choice. <laughs> Well, I always end the podcast with referencing like the best way to watch a movie outside of a theater is on Blu-ray, which I think is the like a, a great format. And Serial Mom, oddly enough, is just about to be released <gasps> this week why? on Blu-ray. Because of Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. that's exactly why. And it's a collector's edition, so obviously I have not checked this out because it hasn't been released yet. But it has like wow. all these special features. 
I think it's going to have an interview with John Waters and Kathleen Turner on the that making of the amazing. film and all that stuff. So not the bootleg version that no. I watched on YouTube. <laughs> exactly, no. Oh, no, no, no. I know no. the one you're talking about. <laughs> so I, I went to various lengths to rent this uh, family video. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I rewatched that one because so I was like, oh. yes, Thank I, God for Tony's copy. Or well, else I on that know. note, I have to give Brendan Calvert a huge thank you because yes. oh. he gave me my copy of Serial Mom because I always talked about how much I loved it. And he had a copy, Aww. so he did give me Serial Mom. So props to Brendan. Yeah. yeah. Yes, indeed. Well, we want to thank our... <laughs> who, who wouldn't want to give props to Brendan Calvert? <laughs> you know? Oh, we love Brendan. Um, I want to thank Sarah for coming on the podcast yeah, today, as usual. Crazy. It was fantastic. Uh, yeah. I know you have a variety of things coming up. That... All kinds of stuff. Uh, hashtag comedy show every Wednesday. We have various guests. Um, uh, Select Thursdays, we produce Improv Wars now, so mm-hmm. we get to show off all the talent in the city. Every other Friday, we got TBD the Musical. And coming up on the 20th of this month, we start Long Form Saturday Night, which is our first late night show. And all of those shows are at Shadowbox Live's Backstage Bistro. Check out hashtagcomedy.com for more information. Awesome. And like them on Facebook. That's right. Yes. Please yes. do. And like us on Facebook, too. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. us, too. Yeah, like yeah. them the most. And you can yes. follow us on Twitter, Twitter. Twitter, <laughs> the Twitter wire. Yes, <laughs> find us on Twitter. That's oh, our geez. own. Life doesn't have to be ugly, officers. Oh, we, oh, we. <laughs> I feel like Good. this is where Daybreak should start playing. Yeah, yeah that should. Oh, it should. Daybreak. Oh, Barry Manilow in the news recently too. Was so he? Yeah, yeah, he came out openly as gay. Oh, duh. Yeah, well, I know it wasn't. <laughs> That's why he said it wasn't openly. news. Yeah, openly gay. You know. Although he was pretty openly gay before, it just uh, he just—it's yeah. official. Yes, it's it's no longer it no longer you have to write read between the lines. It's there. Thank you, Barry, for spelling that out for me. Yeah, thank you, Barry. Uh, yeah, follow us on 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 Twitter or Twitter, whatever you prefer. Uh, Facebook, just you know, mm-hmm. and give us a five star rating because we like to beg for the best possible <laughs> rating you can Absolutely. give. Absolutely, the podcast thing is you get five stars, like four. I think, yeah, who would take the time to do four? Yeah, yeah just, just go to five. Just nice. It's like a restaurant. You have a five star restaurant or a four yeah. star restaurant. You're going to go to the five star restaurant. I don't know. Four is my favorite number, so I might oh, go to the go. four star. Uh, no, five stars. <laughs> don't no. listen to. Two I don't want it to be too good. I want it to be just good enough and that I'm not overwhelmed. And iTunes has gone. Well, it's not actually iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts now. Oh. Um, uh. But um, if it goes to the like or dislike, well, I don't even think they go. Like or dislike. I don't know, but I know Netflix went from the rating system to the like, like or dislike. Like yeah. So That's if you're sad. in the future and you're listening to this in, <laughs> in the future, like or dislike it. But if you're listening to it, you know, in 2017, give it a five star review. Or don't review it at all. Right. You know. Or just don't bother and just like just 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 follow us and listen to us. Because the algorithm yeah. on iPodcast, you have to get a five star <laughs> review and it pushes us up, and we might get a step ahead of some other. Please seriously study the algorithms so you can understand exactly how to rate us <laughs> yeah. properly. I don't know what they're talking about, guys. If you're out there and you're still listening, thank you. Five stars. I yeah, five stars. That's the bottom line. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for everybody, and we'll uh, see you next time. Bye. Bad side!